Welcome back to The Mentors. This is Vadim and Sergey. And this is the second time we did this in the last 30 minutes. So you're actually back in time with us right now to last week. If you don't know, or maybe you do know, we actually record most of these five-minute pick-me-ups the same day we release it. So usually you're hearing what just happened. Today, however, we are in sunny Dominican. Well, actually, today we're in uh, New York City. But when you're hearing this episode, we're going to be in sunny Dominican Republic. La Romana, to be exact, spending some quality time with our fam, our brother, his wife, and our beautiful nephews, those lattes. Handsome. Handsome. So this episode was actually recorded at the same time as last week's 5-Minute Pick-Me-Up. Just a little insight into, into what's going on here behind the scenes of The Mentors. But today, we wanted to talk to you about how sometimes the show must go on. What do we mean by that? Well, in life we have a lot of situations where we might be in front of somebody in a communication scenario, whether it's in a presentation or a pitch or a performance even. Well, it comes from acting, as we know. You hear this about, for example, plays, even a school play. Maybe you heard this if you were like in the elementary school or something. Your teacher would tell you, just remember, the show must go on. But why do teachers say that or why do playwrights or actors say the show must go on? Well, when you're doing something live, when you have something happening and, and an unexpected roadblock comes your way, guess what? In a stage scenario, there still people sitting there and you still have to deliver those lines. You still have to go on with the play. You can't just stop it. And so we, we want to draw parallels to how that can happen in your day-to-day life. So for me, there was a cautionary tale where in college, Sergey and I starred in a play called Grease, the musical. Most of you guys know this. And there was a scene where all the gang members, so if you don't know what Grease is about, we're not going to tell you, go watch it, but the, the general setting is this is in a high school and there's a group of boys and girls and the boys are all part of this burger, they're, all, they're called the Burger Palace Boys, right? No, I think it's like the Burger Boys. Or right? the Burger Boys, see I don't even know my own play references. <laughs> but they're like in a little high school gang together. And so there's a scene where we all run out on stage and I'm the first one to run out. And uh, once we kind of all position ourselves, you can tell that we're all carrying different parts of cars. So somebody has like a hubcap, another person might have a steering wheel. Uh, And I happen to have dice that I picked up from the inside of the car, or so tells the story. And the first line to open the act was, hey, Kaniki, check out these dice. There's a reason why I'll never forget this quote, is because I delivered it a little bit differently. (laughs) Uh, I don't know why. But sometimes I I do stutter a little bit. Like once in a while it happens for me. I ran out on stage and the the line was delivered this way. Hey, Kaniki, check out these dice. Literally, this is how long it was. It wasn't like a little stutter. It was at least... 10 seconds of just <laughs> it was incredibly embarrassing obviously. I remember because I was uh, sitting on the floor like two feet away from you uh, because we played brothers in this version of Greece and I was like oh my god when is he gonna spit it out When? It, come on <laughs> just say the stop. word dice man it's one syllables I was asking myself that question as well uh, and the part of me that didn't want to stop starting apparently had no good answer it was like 10 seconds it was it was agonizing but the what happened there's about 400 people in the audience here as well yeah it was actually a pretty decent production but the way that I dealt with it afterwards is, is really what stuck with me because I just let it get to me 
you know, when something like that happens, uh, which is obviously a little bit embarrassing, it consumes you and you immediately feel like the whole world is looking at you. And obviously when you're on stage in front of hundreds of people, you feel like all the eyes are on you. <laughs> and I'm sure for at least a few seconds, people's eyes were on me, but I let that sit me for the whole next sequence. And there was a big dance number that we had to do. And I definitely made some mistakes during that. And just because I didn't allow myself to move on past this error that was made, it actually made it a lot worse. Yeah, so had you, I think had Vadim in that point in time known that you have to kind of look past the mistake, let's say, that has happened and don't let it affect your future actions, your future thinking, because it's just going to inhibit you, uh, then he would have practiced that and the rest of the play would have gone great. But you stumbled a little bit through it because it was still on your mind. And I think that's really important. And that takes me back to a story that actually happened to me uh, back in high school. Vadim and I probably talked about this club that we were part of. We were part of Junior Statesman of America, which is a mock Congress debate kind of uh, club in high school. Shout out to Oleg Svet, president. And, I, and of course, I was vice president. Then later on, Vadim was vice president. So uh, there you go. Relationships matter. <laughs> uh, but we, we had fair elections to, the, to those roles now, I will say. But I remember one of the first speeches that I signed up to do, and I think this was in Stanford, Connecticut. There were conventions in Stanford and in Washington, D.C., and this one was in Stanford. And I just, for some reason, I don't know why, I felt like I should we should break the ice in some way. And I had my friends sit are sitting in the front row of this presentation, about 50 people or so in the audience, which... For me, it was pretty substantial. I, that was probably the biggest crowd I'd ever had spoken with at that point, in front of at that point. And I thought it'd be funny if a, my friend of mine, basically at the start of the whole debate, threw to me a microphone and I would just start singing something. And he actually did it. I couldn't even believe it. But and I, it was right in the moment, right when I was about to start my opening remarks. And my buddy throws me with a microphone, and of course I have to start singing, and I and I start singing. It's not unusual to be loved by. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. I don't even know if I got the lyrics right, but I think I got them right at that point because I, I felt pretty good about it. Part. And some people, some people actually started laughing and clapping, and they loved it. But then there were a few that, I guess, didn't love it. And, you know, I kind of had to roll with the punches at this point, right? The show must go on. I got to deliver my, my debate. It was actually about a serious topic. Well, but I will say, I mean, at this point, you weren't rolling in the with the punches. Mostly it was a positive reaction. It was mostly positive. I felt pretty good about it. But this one girl came up to me and she said hey, listen, if you're not going to take this debate seriously, then why don't you let me uh, do the opening remarks in your stead? And obviously I wasn't going to let that happen. Did she say in your stead? I don't know how is, she said it. But probably <laughs> Was she some kind of count or something? Well, know. actually, the kids that were part of this uh, club were really, really actually proficient speakers most of the time. I was just learning, so I was just happy to be there. True, we were faking it until um, we were making it. But These kids were like students in Horace Man, some of yeah. the best prep schools in the country. Yeah, so whatever. I mean, for me, it was just kind of for fun, which is also why part of the reason why I did it, but I was like, no, you know, it's fine. I'm going to give the opening remarks. And, you know, lo and behold, whatever it was, maybe because I prepared well for it or whatever it was, but my debate ended up going really well. I won the best speaker award at the end. And that young woman came up to me afterwards and apologized and said, you know, you actually did a great job and I'm glad that you uh, ended up delivering this speech. So yeah, it just goes to show. Show must go on. In the end, it was really a positive. And I think it probably added to why I ended up winning in that uh, particular speech. Well, the thing is, obviously, 
obviously she was taking things really seriously and she expected a good debate. Now, for you, this was a way to break the ice and what she didn't recognize is that that was the exact point and mechanism of that approach, not that you were just trying to make light of the situation or the topic that you were discussing. And obviously your job was then to do, to do a good job with the debate and make sure that you're, it's all well-researched and that you, know, you sound like you know what you're talking about, which you obviously delivered on. But if you had kind of let the negative reaction, that one negative reaction, get to you during the debate, then maybe the whole debate would have uh, fell apart as well. The last example that we have for you is how this can, of course, happen in the business world. And believe you me, this happens quite a lot because there's a lot of times we have to work with other people, right? In this particular situation, I was going into a meeting with one of the biggest publications in the world, BBC Americas, and I was still relatively new to the company that I was working at, but I felt like I had a strong enough understanding of the product where I could uh, deliver the demo. And since we only had planned to pitch in front of two other stakeholders at this organization, I just brought my salesperson along and it was just the two of us. Normally, if there's a bigger team that we're pitching, then we'd bring more people from our team as well, maybe even the CTO. But in this case, the sales engineer and the salesperson were the only people that really needed to be there. Well, when we got to the meeting, I realized that we were in a pretty big conference room for what the meeting was about and how many people were expected to be there. But okay, I didn't really care that much. I had just grown out my beard. I was feeling pretty confident. And so uh, we were just kind of going with the flow. Of course, what ended up happening is that the two people that had scheduled the meeting with us decided that it'd be better to invite another three or f I think it was actually four more people to the meeting. So there was about five people from the other side and then me and the salesperson one of those five people ended up being one of the technical leaders within BBC Americas and so then I knew oh crap there's gonna be some technical questions that come up throughout this conversation hopefully I can answer them but of course the show must go on and so we delivered the pitch as best as we could and in this situation you know when questions come up that you don't know the answers to uh, you can do one of two things you can lie and hope that you don't get caught in the lie. And if you're talking to somebody that knows what they're talking about, then they'll poke holes pretty quickly and they'll figure out that you're embellishing or you're not telling the truth. Or you can do the alternative, which is sometimes, you know, give as intelligent of an answer as you can, given the information that you have, and then say that you're going to get back to them after speaking with a CTO. And of course, do do that if you made a promise that you will. So sometimes it's important to get through uncomfortable parts of a pitch or a conversation, especially when there's multiple stakeholders, especially when there's experts in the room that might know about certain topics more than you. But there's ways to field those questions. I mean, obviously try to prepare as much as possible, but ultimately you might come across a situation where you don't know the answers. Hopefully you might have somebody else in the room that does. That's why it's important to have experts in the room that can alleviate some of the pressure. But if not, you can say, you know what, I'm not 100% sure. Let me get back to you right when I get back to the office this afternoon. That is true, and uh, when in doubt, if you don't have a good response for something, try asking a question back to them and That's actually true. getting them to reveal something that could help you then move the conversation in the right direction. And I think that is what I ultimately did, is I kind of gave as brief of a response as possible so I don't get myself into trouble, and then I followed up with a, a qu another question to her. So that's it for the five-minute pick-me-up for this week. It ended up being more of a 10, 11-minute pick-me-up. Well, we hope you enjoy it. Uh, double the fun with Double, double gum. gum. Yes. God. We need, to come up with, we, need to, we need to come up with better <laughs> jokes for these. We want to leave you with this. If you made a mistake during a presentation or a pitch or anywhere where you're in front of people, now you probably agree with us that the best thing you can do is to not let it linger in your mind because that will ultimately contribute to even more mistakes. Best case scenario, worst case scenario, you'll actually completely freeze up. That can happen as well. And so better to shed it as quickly as possible and just 
pretend that the presentation, whatever you're doing, is starting afresh and just moving it forward. Don't hold on to the past, and you'll probably do much better. And the more confident you act, the more confident you will then become. It's kind of interesting effect that happens. That's true. So. It's kind of like when you smile while you're talking, you're more likely to sound happier. Same thing here. Hope you enjoyed this episode of The Mentors, and we hope that you have a wonderful week ahead.